Well, good morning and welcome back to the Bread Truck Monday podcast. We are back after Isaac has just gone on a turkey hunt. He is going to tell us that whole story here in just a minute. Um, but we are uh, going to be, our, our episode today is called Want to Get Away. You see, have you seen those commercials? <laughs> have you seen those commercials? There's these, I think they're Snickers. Is it Snickers? I think it's a Snickers uh, bar where something like horrible happens and the person, and then it's like, want to get away. You know, that, that's what the whole uh, podcast is about today because of the fact that Ben talked about how we just need to take a break sometimes yep. and, and get away. And, and so some of those, uh, some of the questions, even when it comes to us being a part of this podcast of, you know, driving bread and taking a little bit of a break, that's kind of what we're going to get today. But Isaac, I'm going to start with you. How was the turkey hunt? Did, yeah. did you slay a turkey? No turkeys were harmed. Oh. <laughs> This weekend, <laughs> unfortunately, it was you. But were it was awesome. Shut out, or it was fun. we found some birds. But I don't think it was the best. I, I don't think we're in the best turkey courting kind of season right now. It was still pretty cold up there. Uh, a lot of snow. We spent a lot of time getting unstuck, which was fun. Ooh. It's kind of one of those deals where you get up that high, and then you're the you're really the first people in there to like try to try to get back into Turkeyville. So we had to break some trail and. We had a we were towing each other out a couple of times, which is always fun. So um, that was it was beautiful up there, and it was spring weather, but the, there was still quite a bit of snow, and uh, wasn't the best turkey finding wife weather. So it was kind of cold. <laughs> it was a rainy and sleeting. Did you say turkey finding wife weather? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. So not a whole lot. There was some gobbling going on for sure. We heard some gobbles, found some birds, but they weren't too intrigued on coming into calls. So it was kind of more of those spot and stock kind of scenarios, which makes it a lot harder. So. A little later on, a week or two, I think things will be a little hotter up there. So, did you guys camp out up there and everything? Yep. Was it freezing? Uh, no. The first night I went up, it was freezing. It was like sleeting hard in like sixty mile an hour winds, and I have this little tiny uh, Fred Meyer Glacier's Edge tent that was like thirty five bucks. Sweet. So it was pretty much leaned over forty five degree angle the whole night. <laughs> like in the on your face, yeah, on my face, just dripping something fierce. So, and then after that, it was good spring weather, but. Wow. You don't have one of those like, uh, you know, it's like a cocoon. You kind of get the expedition, the expedition four season yeah. friggin' hog. No, I don't have one of those. <laughs> those seem pretty, pretty cool. I was going to bring my trailer, but after last year's experience of Ben nearly losing his off the edge of the mountain, I mean, there was a lot of those scenarios oh. where we almost lost vehicles off the edge of the mountain. The mud was insane. I had to spend a while yesterday just spraying off my truck. I had three inches of mud detritus on the sides of the, <laughs> the sucker. You never washed that truck. so No, and fact, I didn't wash it. All I did was rinse it. Just so got, I just got the mud chunks <laughs> off. It's still well, we, we got some rain this week, so yeah. maybe kind of washed a little yeah, bit. That's kind of like the classic first wash of the uh-huh. of the spring-ish that we had. Yeah, but uh, my sister was in town from Vermont, so she was hyped on. She actually went to like an all-day turkey class in Vermont to get <laughs> hyped on this. So she went and learned how to do all the calls and learned how to dress full camo head to toe, and which and of course she did bring any camo so she had to borrow my brothers and eyes <laughs> so she was stalking them as well she was stalking them as well she had a great opportunity and i'm sure she'll listen to this and be disappointed i brought it up but we had a spot and stock opportunity where we went up on top of this little rock outcropping stegosaurus rim rock kind of thing and there's a native american attempt where you go on top and there's this little guy down here gobbling down below and it was just going to town hotter than hot and uh, doing double gobbles and pucking and all this stuff and <laughs> So she crawls up on top with me and I hand her, she's got the gun and I'm like, okay, go for it. She's like, no, you go. I'm like, no, this is your trip. You came here from Vermont to Turkey hunt. You go shoot it. She's like, no, you go. And so I finally like 
she ended up crawling over the edge and getting a look and by then it was kind of trouncing away so we oh. missed that opportunity but um it was good we got close had an opportunity we hey. had a couple opportunities but but uh no no turkey yet no so. turkey yet yeah well I, i'm i'm sad because i don't sell, smell the smoke outside of your office uh billowing as you're yeah. smoking a, a fresh turkey there well last weekend i had three toms on on my little driveway road three toms yeah yeah and i just need to you start need to, carrying the shotgun in the truck do. and just blast one off of those one of them so yeah it's tis the season yeah it's gonna happen Tromping through the mud is, you know, kind of a lot of work. You could just sit on Ben's deck and just, uh-huh. just blast him from, from <laughs> yeah. there. We were laughing as a family. We were like, Isaac's going to come back from traveling all over Timbuktu, getting oh, yeah. stuck the whole nine yards. He's not going to kill a turkey. And we're like, thanks all three of hope. us are going to tag our toms from our deck. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for believing me. I'm so far away. No wonder we didn't get anything. You're, you're the master. I mean, you, we, we believe well, you, you would be, be successful. <laughs> yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so what about you, Ben? How was your weekend? Well, I uh, attempted to put a sprinkler system in my yard. Did you really? Um, yeah. Attempted. Full trenching and everything? Well, I I actually, I had to find um, a couple of underground utilities. And so not having a, uh, a utility locate, I just dug a <laughs> hole with a shovel. Sneeze. And it was, was not looking for power. I was looking for uh, some septic lines and things like that. And I dug down and... I'll be doggone, but the ground is still frozen, like six inches under the surface. Mm. And so I was not going to trench through that, but uh, it was good to know. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, unbelievable. It is almost the end of April and the ground is still frozen. So um, if you're listening to this from out of state, don't move here. There you go. (laughs) There's your warning. If you move here, your own frigidness is... On your own self, yeah. because I just warned you. That's true. It's, I mean, yeah. we, I mean, the snow is kind of gone now. I mean, yeah. like, knock on wood. Yeah, we, mostly. It's, it's in some of the shadowy parts, but I mean, it was covering... My backyard is now wow. wide open. I mean, it, it has... Made it. Well, made if you it. dig down six inches, you will hit frozen, frozen ground. ground. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so like, there's no... Don't turn your sprinklers on yet. Yeah. yeah. It's tempting though. You just see it that is, you see that first bit of sun, you're like, oh man, it's time. It was like it was like like fifty-eight degrees, and I was like sitting in the chair in the back. I was like, oh luxury. This, this, this I is it was gonna be like eighty this weekend, maybe. Thursday, seventy seven. No. Friday, Saturday, eighty two. Oh my That's what my goodness. app says. I'm like, wow. What so a- maybe next weekend. I'm hoping next weekend that the ground will have it it's supposed to be warm most of the week, except for today. And I'm hoping that by next weekend I can trench. But if not, um my project will have to wait until the ground is not, not frozen <laughs> yeah well, crazy i was talking to a friend this weekend and he said um crane prairie is still solid sheet of ice yeah there's not open water anywhere on crane and and he said and, and he's lived here his whole life and he said i've never gone out there on opening day of fishing season and had the whole lake still froze over so this is an unusually cold nasty year um for that because i don't i don't I don't, i've never seen it froze over this late yeah. so well and people are already putting their houses up for sale <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's happening the place. It's already, it is happening the, yeah, the for sale signs uh, the know. exodus is taking place yeah people, people are like, like i, I didn't sign up for yeah, this i cannot handle it anymore and, and they're out of here it's, it's really kind of a <laughs> kind of a bummer but it happens every spring here. get ready for the church to shrink this yeah. week because it's been yeah we're, we're all stoked at easter and then people just start heading out as quickly as possible <laughs> yeah it was one last hurrah yeah. the, ho- the hope that they would they'd be able, the weather would stay around but Ugh. 
My weekend, I, I was driving a lot this weekend. We went up to my grandpa's funeral uh, mm. this weekend, which was a great celebration of his life. Uh, tons of people there, um, people from uh, way, way back. Actually, it's kind of funny. There's a guy in our church here, Chuck Towner, that he went to high school with my grandma. Wow. And so the, the high school friends were there too as well, which is such a funny thing. And they're like, oh, we got some stories about <laughs> Chuck, you know? And so, um, but, but they said the room was packed and people loved just hanging out afterwards, which is kind of funny. Normally at a funeral, people like, leave you know afterwards but they actually had the reception and people were sitting there and having food and just telling stories about grandpa and everything and stuff so good time with family and then but a long day my goodness got back uh, into redmond about one in the morning and then he <laughs> had to get Jeez. up for church you know by by five it was like mine, mine it was well not even go to bed basically yeah. uh, you know Ugh. came came dragging in but danny did a great job leading worship yesterday first service was hyped it was, was it? oh yeah they were there was an actual no no joke Isaac, there was an actual like explosion of cheering during Ben's sermon. Really? Yes. Yeah. F- claps, y- like woots and yells in first <laughs> service. I'm not joking. Actually, I don't even remember what he said. It wasn't that great. Dang, but dude. but <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but there was an explosion of cheering during something that he said. Wow. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember what I, he said. I don't remember. Oh. I yeah, it was. But they were hyped. They were they, first like, service was in it. Yeah, they, which is so funny because normally that's kind of the one. Yeah. It's like. You're you know ramping them up kind of thing, but no, they were oh they, they were, were ready to roll from yeah from the jump and, they were going and it was a first service record of over 300 people in first service alone. What? It was unbelievable. I've I've never seen Jeez. first service like and we've only been doing two doubles. services since January, but still, um, yeah, it was a first service record. It was an overall non-holiday weekend record as well. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Pretty, pretty it awesome. was pretty cool. I missed that week. Second service was a, a little bit more sparse, obviously, when it came to that. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, still good. But, but yeah, first service, man, they were, they were, I said there was an actual guess. explosion of, of clapping that took place. Again, it's kind of a bummer deal. We don't remember exactly what Ben said during that time, but he said something. <laughs> we have to go back and listen yeah, to so it. Yeah. You can go to our YouTube channel, go to our That's Facebook. You can watch, watch the sermon. Uh, actually, that is second service, so you, you wouldn't hear the explosion of uh, excitement. Better than other explosions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might hear other explosions, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, serv- uh, the episode today is called Want to Get Away. Okay, And Ben was talking about the idea this week about the, how the disciples had just gotten back from uh, their missionary journey, and they were excited. They were hyped as well. They were ready to kind of tell uh, Jesus about everything that they had done and experienced, and Jesus takes them out for some time of rest. And uh, for you guys, before we jump into this sermon, when you get to that moment, we've all get to that moment, but when you have to get that moment of rest, what does that look like for you? Where do you where do you go? Where is the, the the space where where you're just like I need to get some rest right now? Now you have a house been full of ladies, and so <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little bit more difficult. But where, where's your 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 place of rest there, Ben? Um, well, uh, the bathroom's a pretty good place. You know, <laughs> it's a pretty good place. Until, that has been until, two hours until your feet, until your feet go numb. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good place anymore. Just stumble off the stool. <laughs> you, you said in your sermon, you said you said it's a nice and quiet location. I'm like, well, depending <laughs> on what you ate, it can be. <laughs> well, okay. So, in all seriousness, I, I actually went for a dirt bike ride yesterday afternoon. Okay, and um, that is kind of one of those. If I if I just need like a a little two-hour retreat, kind of mm-hmm. a mind break. Um, that's a great way to do it on the weekend. I'll just um, start my dirt bike up, and I can ride 
um, uh, shh, don't tell anybody a short section of pavement on my non-street Ooh. legal dirt bike and then, uh, you know, jet off to the lakes and stuff. And there's lots of good trails and riding back there. And that's what I usually do. Um, if I just need something short, if I need something longer than that, then it's kind of like, um, go hunting, go fishing. Um, you know, sometimes it's a full day, you know, snowmobile ride or something like that. Um, and it doesn't have to be that complex. It can just be, um, just, um, I don't know. Um, I like going on road trips too. I okay. like short road trips, uh, going to see a new country, Long, um, quiet, exploring, exploring something. So for me, a lot of it is just I exploring the outdoors kind of feeds my soul, mm-hmm. whether that's on a dirt bike, snowmobile, hunting, fishing, whatever. And just being out there is, is kind of where it's at for me. But Do you clear your whole mind when you get on that dirt bike? Just kind of, you know, there, I, that's the thing about riding dirt bikes and snowmobiles is like, you, you gotta be, you gotta be in the zone. Like you can't be thinking about anything else really because it requires your mm-hmm. focus and so that's one of the reasons that you know it is kind of a um it's a it's a break for me i can't be thinking about work or other problems um quote-unquote problems um i have to really be thinking about what i'm doing and i think that's partly why it it, it kind of it sounds like it does it, it sounds like the opposite of of a rest for your brain but it is because it doesn't it doesn't allow you to think about yeah. the things that normally burden you. Yeah, you're you're so. you're, you're doing something else to, right. to get your mind focused right. away from whatever it is right. you're you're thinking about. What about you, Isaac? What's what's that location? Uh, sometimes it's not very far from home at all. I just like to go outside and like build stuff or put my hands in the dirt and garden or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Millie and I yesterday we planted the first veggie of the, veggies of the season, so that was that was great. And uh, we'll see. You if doing raised ra- raise beds or? Yeah, we so far have made one raised bed because we need to see if that's going to get enough sun where it's at. So before we lay a bunch down, we want to kind of nail that down. So um, yeah, just building stuff. Or um, I, I found that when I do tangible things, building wise, creation wise, like it's really fulfilling because a lot of times ministry takes years to see fruit. And so that kind of stuff is That's exactly how it is for me. Like I have to go do something because otherwise with this job, this career that we have, it is such a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, you see wins and you get people get get, get baptized like we have the last couple of weeks and all that kind of thing. But it's like the long game of seeing what happens in time in terms of their life. And for me, it's like, I need something done now. Like I need to paint something. I need to mow the yard. I need to do something that actually is completed mm-hmm. in a time. You can like check it off. Like I did this yeah. and you yeah. can see the result. Absolutely. Because yeah. ministry is so nebulous in yeah. terms of, of and sometimes you, know, you get those moments where there's big breakthroughs and those are really rewarding. But, um, but a lot of times you go home at the end of the day and you go, you, you can't see what you did. Yeah. You can't, you can't, Step back and look. Yeah. Now exactly. that being said, uh, not not to like call out your wife for a little bit, but yesterday she had a person get baptized. Uh, a friend of hers got baptized. Yeah. And I could tell that there was some impact, oh, some yeah. serious impact that had happened on her on her life. The fact that you see tangibly what had happened in that mm-hmm. moment. So right. so not that we don't get those moments, we do. Um, but it, it is kind of like I said for me, I have to check that box off of saying, okay, yards mowed or yeah. you know the snow has been moved or whatever it may be. And that's how I get my mental break. I put in like my little, you know, AirPods, listen to a podcast. It was just something that's completely different than what I would have for anything else and get a chance to kind of just clear my mind. Cause yeah, I, I think that like when it comes back to ministry you, and you talked about this a lot yesterday, Ben was the fact that God supplies in our weakness and, and mm-hmm. everybody leaves satisfied. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Um, but you sometimes in ministry, you, you go, 
long periods of time where it's like, are we ever going to finish this? You know, are we, mm-hmm. is this ever going to come to completion? Now, projects like building a building or something like that, that's, that's easily tangible with that. But the, the life change and the heart change inside of people is the one that, that I know weighs on me. Well, I think that's lot. true for a lot of, a lot of different vocations that people have, right? Like even with, within a marriage, there's like this long-term goal of fruitfulness that we want to see in growth and maturity in our relationship. And sometimes, you know, there, it, it takes time to see that level of growth that we want to see in, in families with the development of children. Like these are long, long-term activities that take a long time sometimes to see fruit. And so I think the lessons that Jesus gives here in terms of retreat and in terms of trusting him to provide and, and provide the food, the fruitfulness that we need is important across multiple kind of vocations, uh, more so even than just ministry, but it's specifically true in that case too. Yeah. Especially when it comes to kids, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to kids, you're, you're playing, you're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. I had, I had a good, good friend of mine tell me when I, we had kids like take, you know, advantage of every season, right? Mm-hmm. That every season has its wins and it has its downfalls and don't be looking constantly for I can't wait till, mm-hmm. you know, this moment. I can't wait till they walk. I can't wait till they, which is good. I mean, obviously you get excited about those things, but like, I can't wait till they're 15 and 16 and we can hang out kind of as friends, those kind of things. But each of those seasons has to have this moment where you're playing the long game uh, mm-hmm. with it. And you're right. Not Ministry is one of those places where, you know, we have to play the long game. But yeah, there are a lot of uh, careers and vocations where you may, what you're doing right now, you may never see the completion of. I remember, uh, I don't know if you've seen that thing called Crazy Horse. It's like, uh, you know, Mount Rushmore, there's like, then there's like the other like Native mm. American, like they're now carving into the rock. Have you seen that? I haven't it, seen it. It's huge. It's like, they're doing this massive uh, sculpture and it's going to take 100 years to make. Wow. Like that's how, like they've already like scheduled it out. So like there's a large percentage of the people obviously that live, that are working there that won't see it to completion. They'll never see it. Yeah. yeah. They get their piece and they get to see some of that happen. And I think that's a great example of like when you are playing the long game, you're going to have those, you're going to see your piece done, but you may not see the thing right. in, into completion. And even when it comes to the disciples, right? right? They don't get to see the whole thing into the completion. So your first application point there, Ben, was the demand of ministry always exceeds your resources. Yeah. Always yeah. exceeds your Definitely. resources. What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, God's doing a work and it's always bigger than us. And so if you're, if you think you can handle it, it's not God's work or you're fooling yourself. Yeah. One of those two things is true. So, um, yeah, I mean, not that God doesn't use our giftedness. I think he does. There's no doubt about that. But um, but in terms of that, like he, he equips us for what he wants us to do. Like I'm not qualified um, in, in and of my own resources to lead this church by any means, you know, um, but he... Um, he's given me what I need and it all comes from him. It doesn't, it doesn't come from within anything within my natural self. You know, in fact, my natural self is kind of more, um, you know, probably more want to just fade into the background. I don't want to be up front or, um, out front. Well, you're a doer. You like to get things done. Like, I mean, that's one of the things that I know about you, Ben is like it. I, the bathroom floors here is a great example here at the church. When we were building the, the, this building, we need to get the bathroom floors done. And Ben's like, we can do that in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I, I way overestimate my, uh-huh. my own, uh, my own speediness. But, but you're, you're like, we need to jump to this. Like we can get it done. And, and that being done in the background doesn't like bother you. Like you want to be able to just get it done and not have to be flashy or showy about it. Mm-hmm. And, and yet you're in a position where you're always 
on stage. You know, that's kind of like the yeah. the strange dynamic, I guess, that comes with it. But I think that's that's how God continues to keep you humble, right? Is the fact of saying like, yes, you're in this position, but I designed you to be a doer and mm-hmm. get and get these stuff done, not a delegator. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's sometimes the hardest part of ministry is is delegating things that you know you can do yourself. You just don't have the bandwidth because there's just too much. Um, there's too much going on. You cannot do it all, and you cannot even. Um, I think to try to do it all is to fail. Mm-hmm. It's to fail. It's to fail and to not do justice to the to the task itself. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, what we see in the disciples in the passage here is that is that they went on mission. God supplied, and He told them specifically, "Don't bring any of your own resources." There was a lesson in that for them, and that lesson was. Um, don't bring your own resources. You need to rely on what the Lord provides, um, because He will. He will provide. And so, and so, when the disciples came to this moment of Jesus saying, "You give these five thousand people something to eat," the disciples are looking at each other like, "What's wrong with him? <laughs> Can't he see? We don't have anything." And I think that's a great picture of ministry in general. Like, I do not have the means to supply the people's needs. Yeah. But God does. Right. What do you think about those guys? I'll say guys, girls are included in this as well. But like people in ministry who do think they can do it all. You know, have you seen like I, I, a friend of mine's planting a church in Arizona. And so I've been like kind of watching some of their social media. And it's great. He's doing a great job. But he's doing like all of it. Now, I think there's seasons where you kind of have to, right? I mean, Isaac, when you were at Nodi and everything, you were like the guy. You had to do, you know... Small church. Small so church kind of thing. Have, yeah, but I think one of the things I've I've learned from being at High Lakes is like, it doesn't matter what size church you are, like there's people who want to help. And um, I think equipping people to step up in their giftings and serve is... Um, you, you've got to do that in order to be a healthy church. Otherwise, pastoral there'll be pastoral burnout and the church can't be all that God wills it to be unless you share that load, even with volunteers, because people love to serve and use their gifts. And that's one of the things I love about High Lakes is there's there's probably literally a hundred or more people who just like are they they serve in critical areas and um and we couldn't do it without them. But they do it without, you know, wanting to have any recognition, recognition or, or, or call well, I, one of the things that comes to mind when you say that Isaac is the good Friday service we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got more positive feedback on that service than any other service we've ever done before. Mm-hmm. And, and we did nothing. And there, and there was mm-hmm. not a single paid person on the stage the entire yeah. evening uh, as far as pastoral staff members go. And I, I, I walked away from that saying, um, are, how often are we missing the boat here? Right. When there's this many gifted people that can do, that can speak, that can teach, that can lead in various ways, um, musicians, etc., um, great musicians in the church as well. And granted, you can't. The hard part is you can't lean on the same people all the time. Right. We're all, they're all busy and they have full time well, jobs and, and families. And that's where that weird balance takes place right. because yeah, and I know for myself, I'm I've not been the best of delegators as well in, in my time in ministry as well. And one of the things I'm trying to be better at that is just giving people opportunity. But then you're always riding the fence of like, well, am I asking too much right. of them? There's always a balance. Yeah. I was I was talking to a friend of mine and he's helping out at a church and their call time for worship to start. Like worship practice starts is six fifteen a.m. Like that's their call time to get everybody. Like 
That's early. Mm-hmm. If I did that, there'd be a mutiny amongst our our, our, <laughs> our band and they wouldn't show up. And so you're always walking this line. And yes, when people get the buy-in, I fully understand that. When people get the buy-in and they're like, yes, I'm on board with this and I will I will sacrifice whatever that, my time, my resources, mm-hmm. my, my abilities. Um, but you're always just one or two decisions away from getting them upset and they're and they're not going to come back or help in those ways. And that's where like I guess I get for myself where I struggle I'm like I don't want to I don't want to ask too much of people especially when the demand of ministry will potentially exceed their expectations or exceed their own resources. Right. But and I think Ben you talk, taught me this when I came here to Hilux you said you got to let them fail. You know, there's times like, True. you know, and Isaac, you've been doing this with youth ministry, letting other people run games or letting other mm-hmm. people oversee like the food situation or let other, and that's great because now if they do mess up or they fall short, there's a, le- there's a lesson to be learned there. Mm-hmm. And that's a, g- a good thing because we all are not adequate enough. We're not able mm-hmm. to, to facilitate this job of ministry enough. And it's always going to exceed our resources. We are just, as you said, what your second point was, we are just distributors. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus is the supplier and we're the ones to distribute out what he has already provided right. for us. And so how does that how does that look inside the, the feeding of the 5,000? Obviously, there's the food side of that. Right. But. I mean, it's very, obviously, very um, easily pictured in that event when Jesus takes the bread, um, breaks it, and gives it to the disciples to distribute. And I think that's a great picture of ministry as well. We are literally giving the bread of life that Jesus is and that Jesus supplies. Both are pictured there. And we're handing it to people. And I made the comment yesterday that I'm, I'm one beggar, uh, passing basically passing the bread of life to another beggar, you know. And that's 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 what ministry is. It's not that I have anything to offer people. Um, I can't fix their problems, and I can't um, I can't forgive their sin. I can't forget. I can't fix their problems, and I can't. I certainly can't do anything about um, a lot of the big problems in the world. You know, death being one of them. But Jesus can. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus gives us um, everything that we need. We're just supplying. We're, we're not supplying. We're just distributing what he, what he has given. Um, I think about spiritual gifts even, you know, that when we become a follower of Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells us, that we're given a spiritual gift. That's, that's what the Lord has given us um, to, to, in our own unique way, to pass on the bread of life to other people whether it's the gift of serving or teaching or whatever it is, I'm passing on spiritual food to somebody else. And um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how much more to say on yeah. that. But. I think there's it, it goes wider too where, you know, depending on where we're working at in our community, like I can think of a couple people off the top of my head. One's a mechanic in town and mm-hmm. he gives what he has um, and he helps us out with some of the church uh, vehicle maintenance stuff that we have. And so, you know, Pastor Ben gives the bread of life in a very literal um, sense, the the word of God. But each of us have been given different resources from mm-hmm. God that we get a chance to share with the body of Christ. Um, there's another t-shirt place in town that um, provides some discounts and some help for us as a church too. So it's like wherever we're serving, we've got to see the resources that we have as potentially a means to help boost the church and help the body of Christ and those who are in the body of Christ. Right. And we, you know, we talked about this a couple months ago, but we did our shape series. That was kind of our, yeah. our goal is trying to help people find what their shape is, what their, uh, their gifting is, what are they carrying, right? Mm-hmm. What is the thing that you're carrying that you can actually uh, use? 
Um, and but it, one of the things that I, I wonder about, and I was thinking about this yesterday as you were talking, Ben. You, you gave the story of George Mueller, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's obviously told by the Veggie Tales too as well. Um, but in that story, you know, there's this idea of like, well, God will provide, right? Yeah. And m- my wife is a planner, mm-hmm. and and my wife also has anxiety, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And how do we? What do we say to people like that? You know, to, to help in that way. If, yes, you can say, well, God will provide, but you're like. Yeah, but tangibly, we need bread. Tangibly, sure. we need milk. Like there's, you actually have to have a plan. You know, God gave us a, a, the ability to have a plan. What do we say to people like that? Because that's the part, when you, even when we said we had that yesterday, I was like, I was like, I wonder what people are thinking mm-hmm. who are like my wife that are, that are planners. And I mean, just last night, so we're getting ready to go on our sabbatical trip, right? And one of the things that we're doing with our sabbatical trip is we're traveling all over. And, and so we're, we've been, uh, getting like little packaged foods that we're going to have along the trip. So we're like laying out, okay, this is going to be for this city. This is going to be for this country that we're going to and, and laying this lot. Now there's a lot of people be like, I wouldn't do that at all. Right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't, I, I won't worry because I will just uh, know that God will provide. How, what do we do with, and how do we help people um, realize that God can provide, but also know that we still have to have a plan. Yeah. Well, I think in the story, let's go back to the story for a minute. It wasn't a planned thing that there was going to be 5,000 people that showed up at their retreat center. As a matter of fact, if they were planning it, they would have not planned it (laughs) that way. Um, So there wasn't a planned thing. I think what we see in the story is that life happens and there are spur-of-the-moment needs that we cannot plan for, we did not plan for, and God still provides. And so I do think that there it doesn't... It's kind of like retirement, right? Like it doesn't excuse us from not planning for um, the future. The fact that God provides doesn't excuse us from planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes the way God does provide is through our planning. Um, sometimes, you right? Know? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, He's giving, he's giving us, us a brain, giving us a brain to think about it and actually go, "Oh, okay, I'm going to need this and I'm going to need that." I don't think it excludes those things, but but I do think that uh, you know, going back to the original point was. Uh, oftentimes people's needs will exceed our planning. They'll exceed our resources. And then what do you do? Yeah. And so I do, I think that in those times we have to be able to rely on a source greater than ourselves. Yeah. And if you don't, um, you're going to be, especially in ministry, you're going to be pumped dry almost immediately. Mm. You know, if you think of it like a well, you know, I'm, I, my source is, is, is too shallow. I can't, I can't supply the depth of people's need. I just can't. There's mm-hmm. not enough. I don't have the bandwidth. There's not enough. And so for many of us, too, I think, um, you know, life happens to all of us, whether we're in a moment of need or not. The reality is life is a great struggle. And so even when I'm meeting somebody else's need by listening to them and by by offering, hopefully, wise counsel to them, um, I'm, I'm at the same time, I'm battling my own battles right? I mean, that's the story of life. I'm battling my own battles, and I feel sometimes like I'm barely keeping my own head above water with the stuff that I, irons I've got in the fire, you know? And so that just, that's a reality. And so anyway, I don't know if I've answered the question. Probably not, but... Maybe. Well, I just think it's an interesting point because I said uh, anxiety is is real, you know? And people uh, who, who struggle with anxiety... <laughs> the, the idea of want to get away is definitely one, like, thought process of how to uh, avoid that anxiety, right? It is a, a essentially you, you you need rest because you probably are worried, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the way it, it works out. Um, but we have a, a world uh, and, a, and a society that is filled with anxiety, True. you know. And when we 
one of the things that I, I just don't want us to be disingenuous with, and I don't think you were, but I'm just saying, well, God will provide. God will provide. He will, but we still got a plan, right? And and yeah. that and that's that that balance of we're not telling people like just pray away. Like if you pray mm-hmm. the right way, you know, the bread's gonna fall from heaven. Well, as you're talking about that, I think that there's a nuance here to the provision. And the nuance in this passage is that God supplies um, for his mission. Okay. So there's a difference between planning for your own needs, obviously, you know, like, um, uh, okay, I need to set a budget (laughs) and I need to be able to make sure that my grocery bill and my housing bill and all those things fit within that budget. That's different from the Lord saying, you know, I want you to reach people for Jesus. And, and in so doing that, I'm going to supply what you need because you're not adequate to the task, right? That's different from planning my grocery bill and my mortgage payment to make sure that I can afford it. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between those two things. One is supplying my personal physical needs. The other is the Lord supplying the spiritual need that I have to have in order to give to someone else spiritually because I don't have the resources to do that. Yeah, And so I think when we talk about God equipping us, we're not necessarily talking about it being equipped for our own agendas. We're being equipped for God's agenda. Hmm. And that there's a big difference between the two. I think the Lord expects us to supply our own needs and to use our own resources and our own um, our own efforts to to um, you know to provide for our physical families, right? Um, but I, I think on the other hand, when God calls us to a, a work, like I'm going to start an orphanage, you know, that is beyond just simply um, caring for your, the needs of your own household. You are taking on the needs, not only of yourself and your family, but also the needs of other people. And um, we're just not, <laughs> most of us are not, um, we don't have the bandwidth to take on that extra. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's about all we can do to, you know, to to meet the needs of those who are specifically under our, our, our care as our biological family. Um, and that, that's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just sort of take on the needs of other people's extra. I think that that's something the Lord provides for us. Yeah. I, th- I think sometimes we can, on the flip side of this, we, so you can under worry, um, and not take personal responsibility for our own, um, responsibility in taking care and planning for things. But I think we can also over worry and, I think I'm guilty doing that sometimes where I, I, I so concern myself with what's going to happen tomorrow or next week that I remove the opportunity for God to step in and provide. And so sometimes I think God actually does step back and say, all right, well, if you think you're so responsible and, and self-sufficient, then go ahead and, and we'll see how that works out for you. And um, I think that's the other side that can happen. When we overworry, God will sometimes let us go to our own devices of planning and will will fall because of our own supposed self-sufficiency. Well, because the disciples that when they come to Jesus in this story, they're coming as planners, right? They're <laughs> Jesus, look at this. We have 5,000 people here. Send them away. There's mm-hmm. not enough we we cannot do this. Whatever whatever we we're right. doing right now, we've made them hungry and they're sitting on the ground. <laughs> you know, like th- we this a long ways from home. A long ways from home, yeah. This, this needs to end as a planner. Um, you know, you're like, I understand that. I can sympathize with the disciples saying, we can start this back up tomorrow. Like, you know, let them go home and get some food. 
Um, and obviously they have Jesus right there and Jesus is able to supply the need and he's able to, to, to give what, what the disciples themselves couldn't give. Um, but that's, I, I find myself in the same place, Isaac, where I'm like, I get anxiety because I'm like, well, is that act, is it actually going to happen? Is there actually going to be provision? Is, is, is God actually going to show up? And, and that worries me. <laughs> and I love what Ben said about how basically like, why would Jesus not reward those people who are willing to sit and learn from Jesus and spend the time to be with him? Um, and I think that's a key component here is like, are we in our worry and in our concern for our daily bread, are we aligning ourselves with Christ and his mission? Are we seated at his feet, um, trying to do the best we can to obey his will? Or are we doing our own thing? And are we more concerned about attaining the life that we want? Um, and I think that's kind of what you were getting at, Ben, when you said, you know, like he's going to reward them for their willingness to sit and listen for hours and hours and be there. Well, and the them. fact that they, the fact that they mm-hmm. were probably not local to Bethsaida because there's not that many people mm-hmm. over there. They had traveled to hear him, yeah. and they they were more concerned about hearing him and listening from him and and than food than food. I yeah. mean, that was their and you know Jesus you know, in the, in the wilderness temptation says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And it's like, these people are actually putting this into practice. Not all of them. Jesus, um, the next story in John, when he interprets the feeding of the 5,000, he actually, um, gives them a hard time and says, you're looking for me only because you got your stomach filled. And so it reminds me of Mary and Martha, right? Like you're concerned about many things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, But Mary has chosen, I forget the phrasing, but basically the something right better. thing. Yeah, yeah, something better. The better. So, oh, man, that, that's a whole can of worms you crack into. Because when you, when you, that sermon's coming up, right? The whole Mary and Martha yeah. sermon's coming up. And that's going to be the one. Because you have people who are like, well, I'm, I'm a doer. I'm a worker. Like that, like I, I'd rather be in the kitchen, you know, doing the stuff and, and not be sitting maybe at Jesus' feet in that way. And yet that's what Jesus is calling us to, right? Yeah. And that's like that. He said it, it is something that you... <laughs> People don't like that one. Uh, when you start preaching that sermon, it's a hard one to hear because if you are like a doer and a worker, and a, like we are, a lot of us, we you know, we want to do something with our hands. It's like, well, you know, I I, I want to listen to you, Jesus, but I also want to be doing something at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that said, so that anxiety, that 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 worry that that Jesus will not supply. I mean, I know for our, as an eldership, one of the things we pray about every single week is you know that God will uh, supply for the needs of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And we do that every single week. We know that God's going to supply for the needs of the church, and we're confident in that. But still, that you you want to pray for it and say, you know, God, please please be with us. Please have provision and mm-hmm. allow us to keep doing the, the ministry that that we're we're doing here. Um, but you ended your sermon with this idea that God will always satisfy, that He will always supply, and everyone leaves satisfied in that way. Um, and I think that's where we can find our comfort, right? Is that you know, we satisfied is a different is an interesting word, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes, the people that are sitting there, they're actually physically getting their their needs met. My my kids, every time like we'll have like a dinner, right? Dinner will finish, then they're like, "Hey, can I have a snack?" I'm like, "How? How can you? How can you want a snack? Yeah, how you can just you, ate a meal. Yeah, you just ate a whole meal. How is that even possible?" And and like, well, yeah, but uh, I'm I'm still I'm still hungry. I have to tell my kids all the time, like, put the cheese its away. We're having lunch, you know, or you know, just that kind of thing. It's like you don't. <laughs> You don't need that right now. You just ate a meal. Right. And so, but satisfied is a funny word though. Cause when you think about satisfied, like you can be satisfied with not very much. Right. You, you know, and, and that, that's a thing that you have to, it's not like they left adequately fully filled. Right. It didn't say they were left satisfied, which 
maybe they're fully filled, but you know what I mean? Like there, there is a balance there of, <laughs> you know, you're not, they're not gorging themselves. They didn't have to roll them, roll, <laughs> roll each other out of there because they're so full. I, I don't know. I, I, I see the word satisfied. And to me, it, it, it means they ate and had their fill. Yeah. They, they ate until they, they did, the leftover didn't baskets. need anymore. Yeah. You got leftovers and all that stuff. And so, but I think the really cool thing here is that God only provides for the crowd and he uses the disciples to do that who are exhausted. But he also says to the disciples, here's a basket for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, in the, in the process of meeting the needs of others, when you feel like you're depleted, God's going to meet your needs. Yeah, He's going to give you what you need. And here's 12 basketfuls. And uh, you know, we don't know how big the baskets were, but I don't think that they were little tiny little lunch boxes that were eight inches by nine inches. I think we're talking bigger, like wicker baskets. And, you know, here they are walking away with this abundance where they thought that there was not sufficient supply. And mm-hmm. Jesus absolutely blows their minds with this. And I think it's a, gr- it's a great picture of how sometimes when I see someone else's need and I'm hesitant to meet that need because I, I just don't want to make the sacrifice. Mm. that's required for that. And the Lord says, just do it and trust me. There's going to be, there's going to be something in this for you. Mm. And I don't do it because there's something in it for me, but Jesus always takes care of his suppliers, mm-hmm. his distributors, sorry, not his suppliers, his distributors. Well, and, and he's going to give you the stuff that you need. I mean, there's been so many times in my time in ministry where I've gone into tough conversations or, or sitting by hospital beds and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to say, Lord. Like, I, like this, this is greater than me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then something comes out of my mouth and I'm like, dang it. Why was that not recorded? <laughs> like, that was, that was great, but it was not, but it was not me. It was the Lord, like, you know, speaking through me. And, and for those of you who are in jobs and careers where you're not like us, we're surrounded by Christians all the time, but you're, you're surrounded by non-Christian people. And you're like, I want to share the gospel or my faith with this person, but I just, I don't feel ready. I don't feel like I'm, I'm adequately supplied with this. He's going to speak through you, mm-hmm. be in prayer about it, be thinking about it and figuring out ways that you can have those conversations. Because when you come to the Lord and say, Lord, supply my need, he's going to supply. Mm-hmm. And he's going to, in fact, he's going to give you a basket full on the other side that you might say things that you didn't even know were inside of your heart or inside your head at that time. Mm-hmm. And and that's the, the challenge that I think we have today is that God w- will be there for us, you know, and for, for people like my wife that have anxiety and for people like myself that stress and worry about things, God will supply. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll be there. And there may be sometimes that doors close, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not able to do all the things that you maybe wanted or thought you would do, but you can still be confident and be satisfied in the way that, that um, Jesus shows up for you. I had a really cool email um, after yesterday's message, and uh, a woman emailed me and just said, I had this opportunity in ministry, I jumped at the chance here at the church, and I went home and doubted myself. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not the right person, I haven't been a believer long enough, or other, other, other doubts and issues that she was facing. And then she said, but your message yesterday um, was encouraging and basically confirmed that even though I feel inadequate or I feel like I have some inadequacies, that this is the right step for me, that Mm. the Lord will supply what I need to do what he's called me to do. And that is exactly the point (laughs) 
I think, for the disciples. That's the lesson the Lord wanted them to learn is Jesus, his spirit is enough. And if you've been holding back in ministry and you've been saying, well, someday I'll get involved or you're waiting for, uh, waiting for yourself to feel adequate to the task, that day will never come. Um, you just need to roll up your sleeves, do, do what he's asking you to do, and watch him provide in mm-hmm. the process of that. So um, that's my encouragement to people. That's awesome. Well, this uh, episode is brought to you by the guys over at Ponderosa Pizza. We're going to get to our member of the week here in a second, but we have we have a sponsor, obviously, of our, uh, our Ponderosa Pizza men's breakfast that happens every mm-hmm. first Saturday of the month, and they go from 8 to 10 a.m. I'm going to get those times right. Or no, 8 to 9 a.m. He said he changed it for me. He said it's 8 to 9 a.m., not 10. They don't go two hours, so it's not two oh, hours right, of pizza. Right, right. Yeah, 8 to 9 a.m. So we have the hours right now. We have the time right. We have the location right. It's on 97. <laughs> we, we, we are... We, We've done a great job being able to be sponsored by them, I guess, in that way. But this is a a, a multi thousands of downloaded episodes now. We've wow, we crushed we crushed a thousand twenty five hundred downloaded Dang. episodes of this this podcast. It's, Thank you guys it, for listening. Yeah, it's worldwide listeners in South Africa, Thailand, Egypt, Mexico. What? what? Yep. They're friends of mine, but <laughs> it sounds a lot cooler uh, than it sounds, really is. But I say, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Mexico. We have we have a guy down there listening in Mexico uh, to, uh, to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people listen on all different uh, platforms: Apple, Spotify. They're in their web browser. They're using Overcast. We have uh, people that are listening all over. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for mm-hmm. for supporting this. And and it was funny last week when we got done with this, uh, the the podcast. I got so many comments of people that were talking. About about the demonic stuff mm-hmm. so maybe we need to go into that again i'm just saying we're just going all demon for like and <laughs> i'm gonna call i'm gonna phone a friend on that one yeah man. we gotta we gotta call somebody like in that knows way the, more than we Ghostbuster do guys. Um, <laughs> um but yeah no we're, we're blessed by you guys listening in on this and we hope that as you go throughout the course of your week that you are uh, uh encouraged by it and there are times that maybe you can uh, learn something along the way too as well member of the week i got the member of the week this week and uh, unbelievable unbelievable member of the week uh, family in our church had a baby this last week, and uh, they are also the ones that help make our bulletin. And they had a baby this week and still made the bulletin. How? I, I, I It's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Donnie and Shauna, you guys are amazing, uh, amazing people. Um, brand new baby girl. So exciting for them. But yeah, they still served in that way. They're like, nope, this is how we serve. We're doing it. Wow. We're getting it done. That is so cool. I, I just, I just can't believe it. That's I was like, so awesome. I sent the text Thank message you. to him. I was like, I was like, don't, don't do it. They're like, nope. It's going to be done. It'll be done. Be there tonight. And that's just awesome. That's why our bulletin looks so awesome, looks so uh, put mm-hmm. together. We're so, so grateful for them. And I know we've shouted her out before, but man, having a baby, that's a that's a whole it has a baby week. has a baby on uh, whatever, whatever day it was. Was Tuesday, it Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Tuesday. And then worked on the bulletin like the next day or the day after. That's just unbelievable. So unbelievable. You guys are, yeah. Thank you so much. Love yeah. you guys. We can't leave uh, Sunday's conversation without um, just how exciting that baptism was. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there baptisms are always exciting. Um, but when somebody, um, you know, it, the more you know about people's stories and the more that um, the more you see the change and the turn in their life, um, what a what an incredible um, story! So it was awesome. Shout out to um, Sam Shields and just being baptized yesterday, and I could see that this represents a whole new life for her, oh, a yeah. whole new life change. And 
obviously a, a very emotional moment, moment for her and, and for us as well to get to see how the Lord um, was clearly working in her life. My favorite so. moment of that was you. I said, how about everybody say hello? Like, hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. And her daughter was in the front row. Hi, mommy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hi, mom. I said yeah. it nice and loud. I was like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Seeing family, you know, yeah, family absolutely. getting to, to, to watch their their mom uh, give their life to the Lord and, yeah. and heart and life change and, yep. and saying, hey, I'm going to walk with you, Jesus, uh, from, from here on out. Man, that is... <sighs> Awesome just stuff. amazing and, and great stuff. So uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I'm coming up with my sabbatical, just so you guys yeah. know. I, I gave a little bit of a uh, broke the, the I don't even know what you call that. The, not broke wind. That's a bad idea. Uh, but um, <laughs> broke the doors open on Isaac. the information in, in regards to me, me leaving on sabbatical in a couple of weeks. I think some people already knew, mm-hmm. um, but I'll be gone for a couple of months. And so these, these two awesome gentlemen mm-hmm. will be... Uh, on their own. Uh, but we want you to look forward to something because I'm thinking we've got an open microphone that mm-hmm. is going to be when Aaron's on sabbatical. Absolutely. So you want to come? We only have speak? three microphones, so we yeah. might have to have some guests on the podcast, mm-hmm. get some other church members in here and other folks get, that want to... Get the intern in. That's yeah. Gonna, yeah. Uh, get, Gracie, get Gracie, Gracie in here. Step in some, here into the mic and, and, and dropping some some heat on people when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. going to be hearing Ben or uh, Isaac singing in the garden uh, at least three times this summer oh, from God. the stage. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang, man. oh man, he's got some pipes. You I put you, that on, and I'll just like fall oh, asleep man. due to that. You know, there's gonna be one moment. Some moment's gonna happen where I'm just gonna call Isaac and be like, "Just feel the spirit solo. leading right now, and it's time for a solo." Of- <laughs> and I will run so far away. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'll be gone for a couple of uh, months here, but then I'll be back. And so, uh, when's your last Sunday? Uh, technically, the last Sunday is the seventh. The seventh. And your last of bread May. truck Monday will be the sixteenth or the eleventh. Then. Yeah. Well, yes. The no, the eighth. Eighth will be the last one. That, oh, eight, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I so leave the next I, day. Monday, you'll do yeah, it. Monday. Okay. Yeah, Monday with my last bread truck, and then after that, then I'll. Head out the tenth and be gone. The for bread a, trucks going to Europe. Yeah, the bread truck <laughs> is we're getting some Dude. baguettes. We're getting some baguettes some from baguettes. from from uh, from France. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a trip. I'm I'm excited to to figure out. It's there's gonna be, gonna be awesome. highs and lows. There's oh. gonna be there's gonna be learning lessons along the way. And uh, so those of you who have been praying for Aaron um, because his you know in his ministry and everything, he's gonna need extra prayer for the sabbatical because he's gonna be. Traveling overseas with family, oh man, just yeah. Travel can be, it can be either the greatest thing in the world or the absolute exhausting. most stressful thing well, on the planet. Somebody so, said this. Before. You have to come back to work so you can actually get a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. so, some people said this before. It brings out travel brings out the best and the worst in people. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. brutal. Uh, so we're we're just gonna take it as as it comes, and you know these. You guys gonna have a blast once in a lifetime kind of a thing Absolutely. and getting a chance to be like, I mean, my kids are at a space right now where, um, when they get into high school, they're not gonna have time like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so having some time where it fell in a perfect, yeah, time fell in a perfect time for yeah. me. So my kids are 13, 11, get a chance to, to go on something like this where mm-hmm. we're going to see the world and see things that we may never see again. And, and I know I've, I've not seen them up to this point in my life. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be an, an experience, uh, pray for us, you know, and have, have us in your, in your thoughts. Um, cause it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> But uh, I can't wait to hear the stories. Oh, the stories are going to be great. Oh man, yeah, can't wait. Well, we we love you. Hopefully, you guys have a great week, and that God blesses you this week. Uh, again, podcast next week and the week after that, and then I'll be gone. Peace later. <laughs>